0: Give me oil in my lamb, Keep me burning, burning. Give me oil in my lamb. I pray. Hey, give me oil in my lamb, Keep me burning, burning. Keep me burning to the break of the day. Give me oil in my lamb. Keep me penning, penning. Give me oil in my lamp. I pray. Give me oil in my lamp. Keep me penning, penning. Keep me penning to the break of the day. Sing hosanna! Sing hosanna! Sing Sing, hosanna! Sing. Hosanna to the King of Kings, sing Hosanna, sing Hosanna, sing Hosanna to the King of Kings, give me joy in my heart, keep me praising, praising, give me joy in my heart, I pray, give me joy in my heart, keep me praising, praising, keep me chancy to the break of the day. Sing Hosanna, sing Hosanna, sing Hosanna, sing Hosanna, sing Hosanna to the key of king, sing Hosanna. Sing Hosanna. Sing Hosanna to the King of Kings. Give me peace in my heart. Keep me loving, loving. Give me peace in my heart. I pray. Give me peace in my heart. Keep me loving, loving, keep me loving to the break of the day. Sing Hosanna, sing Hosanna, sing Hosanna, sing Hosanna Hosanna to the King of Kings, King Hosanna, Give me love in my heart, keep me saving, saving. Give me love in my heart. I pray. Give me love in my heart, keep me saving, saving. Keep me saving to the end of the day. Sing osana. sing osana, sing. Hosanna, sing Hosanna to the King of Kings. Sing Hosanna, sing Hosanna, sing Hosanna to the King of Kings. Hallelujah, Hallelujah, Hallelujah. You may take a seat, Hallelujah. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Oh, Amen. Pina ena kipina en shonolo fatsangha holo. Amen. Amen. Me ki pina eo. N da tatuaro na ailenga re rutayona. Hanaratala dis ministry. This is the oil of Bethel ministry. Me ha kimo lata ka sika na kuenwe brongo spedi hake na koloi. Kawuka minapina ena are give me oil in my heart. Keep me burning. Wow. And I was filled with so much joy. Are this is a song Mm -hmm. anywhere you need to always sing in this ministry. Because the Bible says, ask and it shall be given to you. So when we come before God and say, Lord, give me and give me and Mm. give me and give me, Mm. ultimately, it shall come to pass. Amen. But you see, ultimately, it shall come to
1: pass.
0: It shall come to pass. It will come to you and you need to pass it over to others. Amen. You need to pass it over to others because you are going to have so much that you cannot keep everything by yourself. Otherwise, everything is just going to get spoiled around you. It's going to be so much that you will have a compulsion and a need to want to serve or to give to others. You will have so much that you will only keep 10% and give away 90%. You didn't hear me. I said you are going to have so much that you are going to keep 10% and you are going to give 90%. Hallelujah. I say you are going to have so much in your life. Because you have said to your Lord, to the Lord, Lord, give me so that I can be able to do something. And therefore, your gift becomes the means to realize an end. When you receive this gift, you don't keep it to yourself. You say, I am going to write on this gift to ensure. And therefore, your gift becomes the platform on which Christ. Is going to show himself strong in your life, Everybody amen. And you are saying, Give me oil yes. and keep me burning. Mm. give me oil and keep me banning. Yes, you see, when you have oil, when you have oil, I was sometimes saying, when you, oil, when, you oil, when you have oil, when you have oil, when you have oil, the oil, the Holy Spirit, when you have the Holy Spirit inside of you you will keep on burning all the time oh, yes. wherever you go however wherever you are you see when you've got oil we see when you have oil uh, 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 you become the richest yeah. the richest countries in this world are the ones that have oil are you aware of that mm. huh? no. the dubais no. they have oil that's why they are so rich you go there the city was built in the middle of a desert mm. because they've got oil yeah. And they take this oil, I mean, oil is passing by each and every time. Every five seconds, oil is making something to pass by. Oil is keeping, you know, something on the move on the outside. Can you imagine when you have the Holy Spirit? God, that's just look at Dubai, buy, and picture the Holy Spirit in your life. And say, if I have the Holy Spirit in my life, I would be able to achieve so much, just you know, stand out, outside in a busy street going up and down and understand it was oil that makes that it is oil that makes those cars to have movement, and therefore, it is the Holy Spirit that is going to make you to have movement in your life and is going to take you from place to place. And when we have the Holy Spirit, we are going to keep on burning and burning and burning. Keep me burning and burning and burning and burning for the Lord. Amen. Amen. It's a wonderful thing to always burn with a desire to want to dwell in the house of the Lord. Not to visit the house of the Lord, but to dwell in the house of the Lord. And the house of the Lord Mm -hmm. is not these four four walls, Mm -hmm. but the house of the Lord is you and me. And that is why we are neighbors. And I hands Christ said, love your neighbor. He was not referring to the person who stays on the other side of this fence. Okay. But the person sitting next to you is your neighbor. And you need to, when you come inside of the, 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 the ministry, you need to say, hi neighbor. How are you doing neighbor? Because we are neighbors. Hallelujah. But you see, being neighbors comes with certain responsibilities. And today I want us to, I want to teach a little bit. And I want to teach about a very important subject. Yeah, the seven promises of God. Amen. 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 The seven promises of God. You see, seven is a number, your spiritual perfection. And ten is a number, your ordinal perfection. And twelve is a number, your governmental perfection and three is a number yeah, the holy trinity okay. within the scriptures there are four perfect numbers <coughs> mm. the first one is three which mm. is the number of the holy trinity mm-hmm. the number yeah, bo, ra, ro, bo, ling, the running, mm. god the father god the son and god the holy spirit he is Father in creation, oh. His Son in redemption, mm. and His Holy Ghost in regeneration. Mm. That's why He uh, give us oil, Lord, so that we can be regenerated. Oh. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. We yes, need no. oil so that we can, <laughs> there can be regeneration. <laughs> Amen. Oh, yeah. And the next perfect number is number seven, yes. and that is the number of spiritual perfection. Oh. Amen. But in six days, mm-hmm. God created all creation mm. and on the seventh day mm. he rested yeah. so a seven is a number of spiritual perfection yeah. and you rest from all of these things the circumstances mm. and you rest everything within the Lord mm. and that is a number of yes, spiritual perfection yeah. and ten is a number of ordinal perfection mm. it is said after a Shadrach Meshach and Abednego and Daniel fasted uh-huh. When they came out, and Nebuchadnezzar looked at them uh, and compared them to all of those who did not fast. Mm. And it is said they looked 10 times
1: better. <laughs>
0: yes. So 10 is a number of ordinal perfection. That when you come before certain people, they'll say, "Hey man, you look ten times better than us." Yeah. You find yourself just intimidating people, and you don't understand, "Hey, why am I intimidating people so much?" But you have to understand that there's an order in your life. Your your the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and He delights in His ways. Amen. I said the steps of the Lord are of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and therefore ten is a number of ordinal perfection. That there is an order in which we function under. Mm -hmm. That I am not just doing things by myself, but it's a number of ordinal perfection. And 12 is a number of governmental perfection. (laughs) Governmental perfection. You see, Christ appointed 12 disciples Mm -hmm. so that each and every one of them would come and be head. Over the 12 tribes of Israel. So 12 is about governmental perfection. Okay. And the 12 tribes of Israel, uh-huh. we know that they are Reuben, Simon, Levi, Judah, Dan, Naphtali, Gad, Asher, Issachar, Zebulun, Joseph, and Benjamin. Uh-huh. Amen. Uh-huh. I have known them ever since. I was in, 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 in Sunday school. I never missed, I never missed, I never miss the 12 tribes of Israel. Amen. I never miss them. You can wake me up at 12 o'clock at mid, midnight and I can tell you about the 12 tribes of Israel. That is about governmental perfection. You see, that we, that's, a, that's a governmental perfection. And we know that Christ is the king of that kingdom. Amen. Christ is the king of that kingdom. Christ is the king of the kingdom. Christ is the king of the kingdom. And we have this kingdom that is called Israel. Mm. And when we talk about the kingdom of Israel, these are people who wrestled with God. When you say I'm an Israelite, you are saying I have wrestled with the divine. Mm. But in wrestling, we also sometimes rest. When you talk about Israel, you are talking about people or children who have wandered in the wilderness. When Joseph asked, when when Pharaoh asked uh, Jacob and he said, came before him and he said, old man, how old are you? When he answered him in Genesis chapter 47, he looked at him and he said, the days of my wandering have been 130 years. And it's the wandering that is written with a W-A. He said, the days of my wandering Wandering have been 130 years, but they are not compared or they don't even come close to the days of the wandering of my ancestors, which surpasses the days of my wandering. He says, my ancestors wandered more than I have wandered. Now, if you look at wandering and you look at where he started and you don't look at where he ended, you will feel sorry for him and say, oh, old man, that means you suffered for 130 years." Mm-hmm. Let me tell you he was just talking about the shadows of his life. Wow. And to each and every shadow yes. there's light. Yes. Amen. Yes. Amen. I said that to each and every shadow yes. there is light. Thank stop you. counting your losses yes. and start stop counting on, on or focusing on your losses yes. and start counting on your blessings. Yes. Because to each and every loss yes. There is a blessing to each and every state of wandering. If you have wandered for 130 years, that means you've got 130 years experience dwelling in the presence of the Lord. Because he's saying, you know what, I've I've had so so much trouble for 130 years. You, You see, the trouble came against me, but it did not go through me. Because at the end of the day, I was able to survive all of this trouble and I lived to tell the story. And therefore, when I look back, all I see is nothing else but deeds done, loved ones loved, and suffering endured with dignity and courage. I said, when I look back in my life... I don't see anything else but deeds done, loved ones loved and suffering endured with dignity and courage. And therefore, when you look back in your life as well, that is all you are going to see. People should not feel sorry for you that you are getting old. No, 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 no. You need to look at them and say, you need to feel sorry for yourself because you're still going to go through things that I have been through. Because when I look back, when I look forward. To the things that I've already achieved. And therefore, uh, 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 Jacob was saying to Pharaoh, I'm looking back Mm. to the things that I survived. Mm. And you're looking forward to the things that are coming against you. I'm looking back to the things that came against me. Mm. And you're looking forward Mm. to the things that are coming against you. That is why the Bible says, therefore, put on the whole armor of God. And the whole armor of God covers you in the front for the things that are coming against you. It's not covering your back for the things that you've already conquered. Wow. There's nothing, there is, there is no need for a covering in your back because all of those things you would have conquered, they don't have any power, or they don't have anything against you. They won't even attempt to rise up against you and come and attack you because you have whipped them and they will never even rise again. Yes. Where they are laying, they will remain there they will never ever come back. Let me tell you, I said they will never ever come back against you. Whatever challenges you've been through, they will never ever come back against you. They won't even attempt to come against your children. They won't even attempt to come against your children's children because you have conquered them. You are more than a conqueror. I said you are more than a conqueror. Uh, You you are more than a conqueror. Uh, You are more than a conqueror. You are not just an ordinary being. You are not just a conqueror. You are more than. More than. You are not just ordinary, but you are extraordinary. You are more than that which people refer to as conquering. Because you have achieved so much. And all of this is made possible through the Christ that dwelleth within us. And it is for this reason that today, We are going to talk about this number seven, the seven promises of God. Amen. We are going to talk about the seven promises of God. And we have to understand, uh, I can call you with all of these names, because we are all in one. Now we don't separate from any denomination. Uh, It's all about the us. You know, we don't have an us and a, and a them, but we welcome and we accept any a, everybody. Therefore, you have to understand, there are promises that God has placed in your life. There are promises that God has placed in your life. And when you came into this world, you came up with a contract that God says, there are, there are certain things that I've promised you that you are going to realize. And the basis of these promises found in Psalm 23. Amen. And the basis of these promises, the shadows of the promises are found in Psalm 23. But let me tell you, the light of these promises Mm. are found on the seven ways that Christ uttered on the cross. Amen. I said the shadows of the promises are found in Psalm 23. And the light of these promises Mm -hmm. come from the seven ways that Christ uttered on the cross now i understand why christ said i have come to revive or to restore the tabernacle of david yeah. and it made me wonder when david was saying this psalm 23 was he talking about himself or was is it can we say it is a Psalm of david or should we correctly rephrase it and call it a Psalm of christ yeah. Because when I read this psalm to me, it sounds like a psalm of Christ and not a psalm of David. Mm. But then the Holy Spirit said, you must understand that David is a shadow of Christ. Amen. He is just a shadow. I am not the light. I'm just a shadow of the light. Mm. I am just but a reflection that there is someone who is above me who has assigned this task to me mm. so that I might, should be able to execute it with Jesus. diligence. Amen. Amen. Yes, and therefore, let us look at the seven promises of God. Yes. And the first promise that we find of, of, from God is the promise here, yeah, divine direction.
1: Okay.
0: And divine direction is when we realize one thing, mm. that the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He gives me direction. He is my navigation. He points where right is. He is my conscience. He, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. When pe- people say, look at it and say, when it says I shall not want, it means I will not have any need. You know what need? Not need of food. I will not have any need of direction. I will. I will. I shall not want because he is my shepherd. Yeah. A shepherd is a person who points or who directs the sheep where they should go, yes. not where they. Not only where they should go, but also where they should eat. Yeah. But it's about direction. It's about a way. Yeah. It's about embarking on the journey to discover your greatness. Yeah. And therefore, the first promise that God has over our life is that the Lord is our shepherd i shall not want but the question is who is the lord and i come to submit to you this morning that the lord is nobody else but jesus christ amen His lot over every situation that you find in his lot over the losses that you've got even if you are to find yourself you know having lost direction jesus christ becomes Our direction. But the question again is, how Mm -hmm. is Jesus Christ my shepherd? How does he point direction to where I need to go? Mm. When the choices and the actions I make are placed in alignment with the spirit of the Lord, Mm. that is when I have divine direction. When the choices that I make and the actions that I take are placed in alignment with the spirit of the Lord. Are placed in alignment with the Holy Spirit. And I come before him and I say, Lord, I don't know where I am going. I don't know how, how I'm going to get there. But I trust you and I believe in you that you are going to get me there. Come what may, the end justifies the means. I don't know how I'm going to get there. But I am going to get there. God becoming your direction. Yeah. I remember in one year, my father took me to university to come and study for my undergraduate degree. Mm-hmm. And after studying for my undergraduate degree, I became unemployed. Mm-hmm. And to run away from unemployment, I said, I'm going to continue with my studies. Mm-hmm. I, I can't just sit at home and do nothing. Mm-hmm. And I enrolled for an honors degree in psychology. Mm-hmm. And it was only offered... On a pattern basis. Mm. So that means in that during the day I will linger around and at night I will attend classes, just like mm. the others, you know, who come from their work environment. So mm. they will score too. They've got a job and they are p- p- pursuing their honors degree. Mm. But I only have one. Mm. I was lingering and doing nothing during the course of the day. Mm. And in the evening I'll attend classes. And the course was run over a period of two years. The first day I attended, and there was no problem. The second day when I had to come back, then there was a trouble. There was a problem. And the old man said, I don't have money to register you this year. I've run out of funds. I don't know where am I going to get money so that... You can go and register. And we sat there and we were wondering and we, we asked ourselves, what direction are we going to take when things are like this? But let me tell you, the Lord became our shepherd. He, he, we did not want anything. He gave us the direction. While we were sitting there, the phone rang. And then we picked up the phone and they said, why did you not come to work today? I said, why did I not come to work? They said, yes. Don't you know you have been appointed as the student assistant to come and assist students to register? Mm. (laughs) I said, I didn't know. I didn't even apply for the job. I said, God became my direction. I did not want anything. I didn't like anything. Divine direction came in there and then. And I said, can I take the money and use it to register? They said, yes, of course. Mm. And the only thing that I requested from the old man was money for transport yes. to come to Velcom. Yeah. Wow. And when I came to Velcom, I stayed with a family that I, I stayed with when we first arrived. And I said to them, I don't have money, but can, I, can you at least give me a bed to sleep on and a plate of food? I will pay you, month end. <laughs> I don't have money now, but my money is coming. You don't have money now, but let me tell you, your money is coming you might not have joy now. But let me tell you, your joy is coming. You might not have a promotion now. But let me tell you, your promotion is coming. You might not have a, a new job now. But let me tell you, your new job is coming. You might not have successes now. But let me tell you, your successes are coming. Because God is going to order the steps of those successes. He's going to give direction right. to them and yes. say they are coming to you. Yes. yes, you might be getting these things now, yes. scholar. but let me tell you at the appointed time you're going to settle the bill yes. because the Lord is your shepherd. You shall not want. Yes. Amen. Yes. And then that is how it happened. And when the choices that we make and the actions that, uh, that we make are placed in alignment with the spirit of the Lord that is when we have divine direction. Amen. And therefore, you see, with divine direction, I have to understand one thing. That when I, I overcome the spirit of fear of abandonment. When I was over when I was you know surrounded by a spirit is a fear of abandonment. You see, when you don't have money to go and register, only that spirit is a fear of abandonment you feel like overcome with that spirit fear of abandonment. And therefore, when I was overcome with this spirit, fear of abandonment, you know, Christ interceded and he said, forgive him, Father, for he doesn't know what he is doing. Sometimes, remember, overcome with things that are about nothing. And Christ comes and interceded on my behalf and said, Lord, forgive him. He doesn't know what he is doing. Amen. And there are times when we need to go around when God has done something for us and he has given us direction. The same words that he uttered to us and for us we need to utter them for other people as well when people come against you and they hate you when people come against you they do all of these sorts of things and they try to pull the ladder so that you can fall all you need to do is to say intercede for them the same way christ interceded for you and say forgive them father for they don't know what they are doing we don't harbor any grudges we hold no grudges we say lord may the eyes of their understanding Be enlightened. Forgive them, Father. For they don't know what they are doing. I didn't know what I was doing as well when I was overcome by that fear of abandonment. But I thank God, I thank Christ, that when I was in that state of fear, he interceded and said, forgive him. He doesn't know what he's doing. And after I was forgiven, then the direction came. And everything fell into place. Amen. And the second... Promise that we receive from Psalm 23 is the pr- promise here divine protection. Mm. Amen. Yes. And divine protection is fulfilled when I finally understand that Christ, I said, the Lord is my is Christ. Mm. That Christ makes me to lie down in green pastures mm. and leads me beside still waters. Yay. He is the one that gives me protection. Christ makes me to lie down. He makes me to take cover. When things come against me, he is the one that says, take cover. And while I am taking cover, I eat, I sleep, and I drink. Amen. I eat, I drink, and I sleep. Amen. I eat, I sleep, Mm -hmm. and I drink. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. In other words, I study, I meditate and I pray. Wow. And because he is able to give me divine direction. Amen. Amen. And But now the question is, how do I have this divine protection? How do I have divine protection? When my experiences are placed in alignment with the spirit of wisdom, that is when I have divine protection when my experiences are placed in alignment with the spirit of wisdom that is when i have protection because the greatest protection that i need is not around me but the greatest protection that i need is in my head you see am i interpreting this whole situation correctly or do I see things that do not even exist sometimes I am the greatest enemy to myself God takes me through things but my mind is still stuck in those things and I pray and I say may the spirit of wisdom come to every situation and every experience that you have been through so that you will be able to generate wisdom through the experience I said so that you can be able to generate so much wisdom out of that experience generating wisdom out of the experience when you generate wisdom out of the experience that is when you have divine protection you will never nothing can ever come against you because you are settled in your mind Mm -hmm. you are settled in your mind you are settled with your mind that I belong to God you have divine protection you know he has put a hedge around you you don't you don't find yourself feeling guilty Over things that you have done. You don't feel bad about them. But you feel better about them. And you say yes I have done it. But I am going to become a better person. You don't live in an island called guilt. You say that was then. And this is now. The Lord has conquered for me. You don't live in a state of guilt. You don't have an ego attachment to guilt or to the things that you have done. People will point those things to you, but you will say, Swanda, that was then and this is now. Amen. And that was when you have divine protection over our our lives. And when I was overcome with guilt. You see, the one thing that I like about Christ and that I love so much about Him with all of my heart, is that when I am overcome with guilt, he does not take me as I am. But he takes me as I am supposed to be. When I come before him and I say, Lord, I know that you don't deserve to be on this cross. And I know that I should be the only one that is hang- hanging up on this cross. But please, Lord, remember me when you, your kingdom come. He does not take me as a thief. He does not take me as a whoremonger. He does not take me as a gossiper. He does not take me as a person who has lost direction. He does not take me as a person who is discouraged. But he takes me as I am supposed to be. And he says, tonight you will be with me in paradise. And I give praise to him because I know that he doesn't take me as I am, but he takes me as I am supposed to be. He does not take my guilt and incriminate me with it and build a monument on it and say, I don't take you as you are, but I take you as you are supposed to be. You are a good person. You are a good son. You are a good daughter. You are a good mother. You are a good father. The things that you have done are not you. It's something that you did and you are over it. This is your time and your chance that you can do better. Live your life like you have wronged in the previous previous life and you have just been given this opportunity to make up for all the wrongs you have done in your life. Seize the moment, take the opportunity and say, I've got divine protection. Yes, Yes, I know I am guilty, but I've got divine protection. Yes, Yes, I know I have done it, but I've got divine protection. yes, Yes, I know I don't deserve to preach this word, But I've got divine protection. Yes, I know you are judging me in relation to the things that I did yesterday and last year and five years back and 20 years back. But I've got divine protection because he does not take me as I am. He takes me as I am supposed to be. And that is why I've got this invitation from the light of life. And he says, tonight you will be with me in paradise. He says, you will be with me in paradise. They are looking at your shadows. They are looking at the things that you have done, but they don't understand that I am going to take those things and tend them for my good. And it is through your weaknesses that the Lord, the, the strength of the Lord will be visible over your life. Amen. And therefore, I've got divine protection. I'm not proud of what I have done, but I've got divine protection. I did not plan or intend to do harm over the things that I did, but I've got divine protection. I did not mean... To do the things that I did. And yes I do regret them. But I've got divine protection. And therefore I'm not going to take myself as I am. But I'm going to take myself as I'm supposed to be. And I walk like a person. I am supposed to be. I'm supposed to be holy. I am supposed to be good. I am supposed to walk in the goodness of the Lord. That's how I am supposed to be. And I realize that by myself, I cannot make myself that way. Wow. And it is only the Spirit of the Lord that can make me that way. And therefore, at the end of the day, I give all thanks for the divine protection from the Spirit of the Lord. Amen. And the third one, the third promise that we receive is divine provision. And divine provision is fulfilled when I become aware. That Christ restores my soul and leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. I have divine protection. You see, Christ restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. But the question is, how does he do this? How can we secure this divine protection? You see, divine divine provision. You see, with divine provision, you have to understand one thing. That is extremely important. When my self-esteem is placed in alignment with the spirit of understanding, that is when I have divine provision. Hmm. When my self-esteem is placed in alignment with a spirit of understanding mm. that is when i have divine provision
1: sure.
0: you have to understand that the greatest curse on this world yeah. is a low self-esteem yes. because with a low self-esteem you look at the mirror in yourself and you curse yourself yeah. The devil is not even cursing yourself. Nobody is even looking down upon you. You look down upon yourself. And that becomes the greatest curse on this world. Because you say, when I look at myself in this mirror, God has made a mistake. So you curse yourself and you have to understand. And I pray that may the eyes of our understanding be enlightened. That you have to understand that you have been fearfully and wonderfully made. I said may the eyes of your understanding be enlightened. So that you can come to understand that you have been fearfully and wonderfully made. And therefore do not look down upon yourself. You have to understand. Don't look down upon yourself and when don't when you don't look down upon yourself you have to understand that you can overcome shame and, l- and low self-esteem mm-hmm. through the words that Christ uttered yeah. on the cross then he said woman mm-hmm. behold mm-hmm. your son mm-hmm. and he said son mm-hmm. behold yes. your mother yes, and therefore I come to realize that when I come across mm-hmm. people who look down upon themselves mm-hmm. I don't say, we ah, yeah. but I have a responsibility mm. that when I see somebody who is down, mm. that I don't tremble upon them. No. When you are down, I should not look down upon you. Yeah. The only time I should look at you is when I extend my hand and lift you up out of the situation. The only time I, I, I have to look at you and provide assistance for you and say, get up from where you are. Get up out of that situation. Stop feeling pity for yourself. When somebody comes and they are holding a pity party, all I need to do is to be like Jesus and turn tables around. And say, this is not a place for you to feel pity for yourself. You need to walk tall and understand that God has provided for you. And that's why he says, The greatest resource that you have is people around you. Mm We have a responsibility to behold one another. We have a responsibility to honor one another. We have a responsibility to affirm each other and say, "Well done, good and faithful servant." We have that responsibility to say, "You look handsome today, father." You have a responsibility to say, "You look beautiful today, mother." We have a responsibility to say, "Well done, girl. Well done, boy. On your test." We need to affirm one another. We need to affirm one another. Woman, be. Behold your son and son behold your mother. But the opposite is also true. That Christ is saying, father behold your daughter. And daughter behold your father. Man, behold your daughter. And daughter, behold your father. I always say when I talk and I say, a man (coughs) is a boy's first hero Mm. and a girl's first love Mm. and therefore we have a responsibility to affirm our daughters we have a responsibility to build their self-esteem you have a responsibility to always you know uh, uh, hug them you have a responsibility to always love them Mm. because what we give to them they will be able to give it back to us in this family in this house the only thing that we do if we can give you money or anything or give you bazaris or everything, the only thing that we can give you is affirmation. Yes. The only thing that we can do, give, is to give you a pat on the shoulder and say, yeah. keep running, yeah. keep running, keep doing good. You have done well, you are yeah. saying well, this was good, this was wonderful. Yeah. We have a responsibility to provide affirmation to each other. That's a divine promise. And it comes with a spirit of understanding. And I pray that may the eyes of our understanding be enlightened so that we can understand how much we need each other. Life is not so much about what you know, but it's so much about who you know. Wow. It's about who you know, because the person that you know also knows a bigger God who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above that which we may ask or think according to the powers that worketh upon us. I always pride myself with one thing, that I became a hero through the resources of other people. Yes. I became a hero through the resources of other people. And the greatest resource that I received from my father is a pat on the shoulder and encouragement. Constant encouragement. Every time I call my father, he will tell me, I'm reading page so and so of your book. Oh, son, I am so proud of you. Oh, every time, I will call him next week. I can pull out my phone now. We can talk for 10 minutes. He's going to tell me about something in my book. And I realized, this man is affirming me and affirming me, affirming me and affirming me. And over and over and over, he's affirming me. He's providing affirmation again and again and again. And therefore, we have a responsibility as well to provide affirmation. Affirmation is free of charge. You don't even have to buy it. You don't even have to, to spend a cent on it. It's free of charge. And the next promise that we get from Psalm 23 is divine health. Hallelujah and divine health is fulfilled when i become aware that yeah though i walk through the valley of the shadow of death i will not fear no evil for god is with me his rod and his staff they comfort me you see divine health keeps me into balance it's three on this side and three on the other side and Divine health are all about matters of the heart and where your heart is That is where your power will be Where your heart is that's where your money will be Where your heart is that is where your interest will be Where your heart is That is where your commitment will be so Divine health are matters of the heart. Where have you invested your heart matters? Where have you invested your heart matters? Divine health are issues of empathy. Are you able to place yourself into the shoes of other people? And how do we achieve this divine health? When my emotional intelligence or heart matters are placed in alignment with the spirit of counsel, that is when I have divine health. The Bible says, blessed is the man who has an abundance of counselors. When you are surrounded by people who love you, Mm. then you are blessed. I wrote a book that is titled 70 Women and the One Man. Mm. The one man is in the center and the 70 women are surrounding me and they're just loving me and loving me and loving me and loving me, yes. and loving me 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 until I say, I love you back. Yes. And that is what God is able to do. He is able to take somebody whose heart is as hot as a stone and love, and love him 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 until that person's heart changes. Yes. And God loved me through these women. God brought these women into my life to show me and to prove to me how much he loves me. Until I was able to understand the love of God. And I said, I can't run away from this love any longer. After I have experienced so much love, all I need to do is to give back love. Because the salvation of man and of a woman is in love and it is through love. I said the salvation of man is in love and it is through love. God loved me. Christ loved me so that I can love you. The reason I love you is because I have been loved. And therefore the salvation of man is in love and it is through love. If you want to change people's lives, all you need to do is just to love them. Not artificially so. I've seen and I've come across a lot of people who will tell you how much they love you. But I need people who will need to act on the love. Not yes. to talk the love, but to walk the love. Yes. To act on the love. I said, where your heart is, that's where your money will be. Where yes. your heart is, that's where your power will be. Where your heart is, that's where your commitment will be. Yes. Where your heart is, that's where your works will be. Yes. And if you love somebody, love them with all of your heart. Yes. And the one thing that always comes against the heart ooh, is pain and grief. The devil always attacks the heart with pain. And when people become heartless, that is when all hell breaks loose on earth. We are coming across women being killed, children being molested because people have become heartless. We are coming across the government that does not care about its people because people have become heartless. They have lost compassion. And I remember when the children of Israel came before Joseph and they looked at him and they said, after all of the things, that we have done to you, surely you must be in grief and in pain. And now that our father is dead, you are going to avenge yourself. And it is said he retreated. And he went to his room and he cried with compassion. And he came back to them and said, you meant it for evil. But God made it good. I was promoted through this pain. The pain has come back to pay me. And that is why I have employed you to work for me. Because the pain has come back to pay me. Let me tell you, let me prophesy to you this morning, I don't know what have you been through, but your pain will come back to pay you. I don't know what you have been through, the grief that you have encountered, but your pain will come back to pay you. I don't know what have you encountered, I don't know how many heartbreaks you have had in your life, but your pain will come back to pay you. I don't know what are some of the things that crushed your heart, I don't know some some of the things that disappointed you, but your pain will come back to pay you. How will your pain pay you? You will have so much power. You will have so much power that wherever you go, you will spread nothing else but love and compassion. You will be able to spread love and compassion. And you will be able to spread love and compassion. It will be just about love wherever you go. You will just love people so much because you are living up to this Divine promise, your divine health. Amen. And the divine promise, your divine health. When I was overcome with grief and pain, he was empathetic and he was compassionate with me. And he put himself in my possession. And he said, my God, my God, why have thou forsaken me? He took my pain and made it his and he spoke on my behalf as if it's me and said my god my god Why have you forsaken me? And I was just sitting there by the side and saying, I am the one who was supposed to be saying that. And look at him. He is the one that is saying it for me. I thank him that he took my position on the cross and he cried out to God on my behalf. I should be crying out those words and saying, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And therefore now I come to understand that he loved me so much. When it is said he loved me so much. Mm. He took my position. And each and every time. Mm. He will speak for me. Yeah. I will not speak for myself. He will say why have you forsaken me? People are wondering and are asking themselves. Christ being so powerful. How can, how can he talk like that? He was not talking for himself. But he was talking for me and you. Yes. Pleading for me and you. That God should not forsake us pleading for me and you that we should have entry into the kingdom he was pleading for me and you I thank Christ for pleading for me and you that we should have entry into the Holy of Holies and this is nothing else but divine health that I become healthy and I don't have any headaches I don't have any grief I don't harbor any grudges. I don't have any pain. My heart is, is healthy. My heart is empty of all of the things that, I, that, that were done to me and the things that I have done to myself. I don't have any grief about it. But I am just free. And therefore, when I, have, when I am free of all the grief and pain, I have divine health. When I am free of all of the things that troubled me, Then I have divine health, Amen. Amen. And the fifth one is divine fruitfulness, Amen. Amen. And divine fruitfulness is final is achieved when I finally come to realize Mm. that Christ prepared a table before me in the presence of my enemies, and He anointed my head with oil, and my cup runs over. That is divine fruitfulness. He sets a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And he anoints my head with oil and my cup runs over. Fruitfulness is not about having things only for yourself. But it's also understanding that you have been giving the oil so that you can be able to share the oil. You have been given the Holy Spirit so that you can be able to share the Holy Spirit. Mm. In other words, you are a router through which the Wi-Fi emanates. And people are going to connect Mm. (coughs) to the Spirit of the Lord through your efforts, through your fruitfulness, because you are willing to share with the children of God. Amen. And therefore, the power of life and death is on the tongue, with it we curse and with it we bless. And therefore, when you have been given the Spirit of the Lord, all you need to do is to speak the truth of the Lord and share it with others wherever we go. That's why we share testimonies. Mm -hmm. When you share testimonies, that's when you become fruitful. Mm -hmm. Our fruitfulness comes in sharing testimonies. Mm -hmm. Every time when we start with our services Mm -hmm. and we say, is there somebody who can see fruit in their life? And if you can see fruit in your life, come and share the fruit with us. And that's what divine fruitfulness is all about. We share these fruits. And can you imagine I walk in here with one testimony and I share the testimony with you and 12 others come and share testimonies with me. When I walk out of this room, I walk out with 12 testimonies and not with one testimony because I have gathered and I received bananas and apple and fruits. I only came in here with bananas. And when I come out here, I come out with a fruit salad. That's why we talk about the fruits. Of the Holy Spirit the fruit of the Holy Spirit the fruit it's not only one but there are so many it is said the fruit of the Holy Spirit is love but love multiplies itself into many other fruits it says the fruit of the Holy Spirit is love joy peace and then it keeps on multiplying itself into many other fruits And we come here in love. I stand before you and I share this fruit of the Holy Spirit. And another person comes and shares the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And another person comes and shares the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And when we walk out of this place, we have divine fruitfulness. We are full of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. We've got so much. Somebody shared about the love of God. Somebody shared about the faithfulness of God. Somebody shared about the kindness of God. Somebody shared about the uh, the goodness of the Lord. And when we walk out of this place, we all have so much. Than when we came here with. Amen. And therefore, but we have to understand that there are times when people share. People, it's nice thing to, for people to share good things about you. But let me tell you, there are times when people will share lies about you. Yes. There are people when, 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 when people will share deceptive statements. Yes. Statements that will take you out of the way. Statements that will lead you out of the way. <laughs> there are times when go- gossip leads to fruitlessness. Yes. I, I say gossip is fruitlessness. Yes. There is no fruit in gossip. Yes. Because it takes people down. It does not pull them up. It's fruitless. It's a fruitless expenditure, mm-hmm. gossiping. Fruit. Because in gossip, you get deceptions. Mm-hmm. In gossip, you get lies. Yeah. And in gossip, you get a, a pers- a, the spirits that are crushed.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And when we are buried yeah. in these lies and deceptions, mm-hmm. you see, sometimes when the devil thinks he is burying you mm-hmm. with lies and deception, mm-hmm. you have to rush ashore that you are not being buried in lies and deceptions, Mm. but you are being planted. And at the appointed time, Mm. you are going to germinate, you're going to grow out of that experience. You're going to become so much strong that they have said all of these things Mm. and you're going to grow so much that at the end of the day, that no weapon formed against you shall be able to prosper and every tongue that is being raised against you is being condemned. I said, every tongue that is raised against you will be condemned. Tongues must be raised against you so that they can be condemned. I said, tongues must be raised against you so that they can can come to prove who is God. And God is powerful over each and every lie that is spoken over your life. God is powerful over every situation, every lie that He's spoken over your life. And therefore, He makes me to drink from His cup of righteousness and bless it. And He blessed me in the midst of my opposition. Yes. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I said He blessed me in my in the midst of my opposition. Yes, Hallelujah. Amen. And therefore, at the end of the day, the, he, and He presents me with His truth. All I do is to thirst for nothing else but for His righteousness. Yes. And Christ, when he was on the cross, he said, I thirst. When they said all of these lies against him and all of these deceptive statements, all he said was, I thirst. And the only thing that he was thirsting for was the righteousness of God. In the midst of persecution, in the midst of lies, in the midst of deceptions, the only thing that you must thirst for is the goodness of the Lord. Do not make the lies to contaminate you or pollute you and make you to doubt yourself, but you need to stand. Mm. The only thing that you thirst for and you say, I thirst for Mm. the goodness of the Lord. And when you thirst for the goodness of the Lord, the Bible says, they that hunger and thirst after his righteousness, they shall be filled. Mm. Mm -hmm. They shall be filled. You have to hunger and thirst after his righteousness. And at the end of the day, you shall be filled. Hallelujah. And the next fruit, which is number six, is the one of divine life. Amen. You see, there is life. There's also divine life. He says, you shall not only have life, but you shall also have it in abundance. There will be so much good things. You will not only... You see, when we look at water, it is a symbol of natural life. But when you look at the wine, it is a symbol of eternal life. It's still water, but it has been transformed in a special way. And it has certain ingredients in it that makes us not to be perishable. That's why... The first miracle that Christ performed was that of transforming the natural into the eternal Transforming the water into the wine. That's the first miracle in life that through Christ our lives have been transformed from being ordinary lives to having eternal life I pride myself with the fact that I have eternal life this body might be standing here right now and living into this world but I am guaranteed eternal life that I will though I am dead I will still live though this body is dead in spirit I will still be alive and that is why we say people don't die they just cross over I will just be living but in another form and in another world because I have eternal life. I have divine life and divine life is fulfilled when I understand that surely, 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 not maybe, but surely, surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Not only some days of my life, but surely I will have divine life. Goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. When you understand that, you have divine life. Yeah. And how do I achieve this divine life? Is when my mind is placed in alignment with the spirit of knowledge. I know that I have divine life. I know that in him I live. In him I move. In him I have my being. I know that I came to know God through him. I know that there that is therefore now no condemnation who are in Christ Jesus. I know it and I know it and I know it. My mind is settled on it. My mind is settled on it. My mind is settled on it. My mind is, my mind is aligned to the spirit of knowledge. The spirit of knowledge, not the knowledge of this world, but the knowledge that comes from above the knowledge that comes from God. I know that I have been declared righteous. I know that I am the righteousness of God because of what Christ did for me on the cross of Calvary. I know it. I know and all I want is to know Christ and experience the power of his resurrection. To share in his suffering. To become like him in his death with the hope that I myself will be resurrected from death to life and all I want is to know Christ yes, Lord. that my knowledge should be in him that I should be in him when I know him I know that I have divine life yes, Lord. it is through him that I have divine life because all who know him will never perish but they will live for eternity. And therefore, I know my mind is settled on him. My knowledge comes from him. I do not preach things that come from myself, but I only preach things that come from him. I know that it is in him that I have divine life. Amen. But then you must understand that the opposite of that is that there are times when we live in our own illusions and in our own misinterpretations. Mm You see, there are interpretations. We have so many different denominations and we have so many different doctrines because people interpret things in line with what the Spirit has spoken to them. And I don't have any opposition to that because if God comes to you in a special way and he reveals himself to you in this way and he says, this is how you need to interpret this scripture, who am I to argue with God? But my main argument and my main trouble comes when I have illusions. My main problem comes when I have misinterpretations. And when I misinterpret myself, I will definitely misinterpret you. Yeah. When I have problem with me, I will have problem with other people. When, normally I come across people who will say, oh. And I will look at that person and I say, have you looked at yourself in the mirror? And I say, Linda, I will not love somebody up who like the faces just yeah. like that. Mm. I'm sure whether you don't love yourself. Mm. If you look at yourself and say that and pull that face and say, but I'm you must start loving yourself and people around you will start loving you. Mm. So you misinterpret those people because you are misinterpreting yourself. No. You need to come before people and say, I am lovable. People love me. Mm. People, you know, people. <laughs> some people will not prefer to associate you mm. with you and I need to respect that, that they don't want associate with me and I should not take grudge over it I must accept and understand that they've got their favorite people as much as I do have my favorite people but I shouldn't go around misinterpreting people and saying people don't love me and putting blame on people instead of putting blame on myself I should take responsibility for me for each and everything that happens with my life and therefore I need to interpret things well I need to interpret things correctly in line with what the Spirit has said. Sometimes we are guilty of that. we will Moya or but only to find that again At that moment I'm rebuking you, you are not tithing enough and you are not giving enough and I'm angry about it and I will say, this is what the Spirit says. And you can see in my head that this one comes from the head is the head knowledge. It is not hard knowledge. I misinterpret the word of God so that it can suit my circumstances and so that it can be aligned to how I feel at that moment. But Christ did not do that. And I know, and I'm so grateful that whenever I misinterpret things, when I have this what-if syndrome, you see sometimes misinterpreting things come with the what-if syndrome. You say, I want to go to church, but what if the church wall falls I want to go to church, but what if the thief come into my house? No, I must stay in the house and guard and see if no one comes. The what if syndrome. Huh? What if I want to enroll for this course, but what if I fail? You see, that what if syndrome becomes a misinterpretation of things. Well, I want to get married, but what if I get divorced by the rest of the people? I I, I want to have children, but what if the child is deformed? I want this, but what if? The what if syndrome is the one thing that makes us to misinterpret things. And when we misinterpret things, we miss out on the divine life. But I thank God, I thank Christ that when he was on the cross, he put a stop to my wandering mind and said, it is finished. It stops right here. It stops right now. Your wandering mind stops right now. You need to stop misinterpreting things and looking at things just to suit your feelings. It is finished. It's finished. It ends right now. It's finished. Your misinterpretation is finished. Your misinterpretations are finished. It is finished. The things that had power over you the things that controlled you the things that held you captive they are finished it is finished it has no control over you the depression in your life it is finished The, the 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 pain that you are experiencing are finished the guilt that you have It is finished. The shame, the low self-esteem, looking down upon yourself, and all of these things that came against you are finished. The enemies that have plotted against you, it is finished. No weapon formed against you shall be able to prosper. It is finished. It is finished. No more wandering mind. No more asking yourself if I'm going to make it out of this life. It is finished. You have to believe that the one that is in me is going to take me to greater places. It is finished. Stop looking down upon yourself. It is finished. Stop judging yourself in relation to your past. It is finished. Stop looking at your circumstances and say, I come from this environment. I come from, from the village and therefore I will die in the village. It is finished. God can move you from out of that situation as long as you believe in Him. It is finished it's finished whatever situation you're encountering it's finished it's finished it is finished it's finished it's finished it is finished finished. it's finished it's finished finished. the sin that you was troubling you it is finished because God he made him who knew no sin to become sin for us it is finished it's no longer having control over me yes I might have done it then and at that time but it is finished it has no control over my life that sin that so easily besieged me, is finished. It is finished because God has made him who knew no sin to become sin for me. It is finished. And we come to the last one, which is the most important one. And which is the one, yeah, divine birthright. Hallelujah. And divine birthright is nothing else. But we are inheriting the power of God. And we are reigning with Jesus Christ. And he says, Whatever I am able to do, you are also able to do. Because in you I live, in you I move, and in you I am you, you, you have my we, uh, we have our well-being. Hallelujah. And therefore, be the divine right is realized. When my meditation, in my meditation, in my meditation, in my meditation, divine birthright is about meditation. You see, divine birthright is about meditation. In your meditation, you forget everything else and you say, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That becomes your meditation. Yes. And you say, I dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Yes. I am seated on the right hand side of Christ. And my enemies are under my foot, uh, under my feet. You dwell in the house of the Lord in meditation. And you look at the in wonder. All the wonderful things that he has done in your life. Love. Loved ones, loved, deeds done. And suffering and with dignity and courage. You don't look back at your problems and you start crying. <laughs> you look back and you cry with compassion and you say, Lord, if it were not you by my side. I wouldn't have been in this situation in meditation you give thankfulness and thankfulness and thankfulness and thankfulness and and all you say is Jesus 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 Jesus, Jesus, Mm. Jesus You just meditate on the name of Jesus And you say it's in Jesus, Jesus Somebody say Jesus, 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 Jesus In meditation we call on his name and say "In in In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus I will dwell in the house of the Lord In the name of Jesus, I will dwell In the house of the Lord, in the name of Jesus, I am dwelling in the house of the Lord, in the name of Jesus. I say, I am dwelling in the house of the Lord, in the name of Jesus. I was outside. I was on the peripheries, but now I am dwelling in the house of the Lord in the name of Jesus. Jesus became my key. Jesus became my door. Jesus became the steps that walked inside of the house. Jesus became the seat that I am sitting on. Jesus becomes the table that I am sitting before. Jesus becomes the food that I am eating. Jesus becomes the energy that gives me life. Jesus, 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 Jesus. I am dwelling in the house of the Lord in the name of Jesus. And therefore the seventh promise of God which is divine birthright is about understanding that you are dwelling in the house of the Lord in the name of Jesus. Jesus. I'm dwelling in the house of the Lord In the name of Jesus, I've got entry. I was on the outside, but in the name of Jesus, I have divine birthright. Yes, I don't have natural birthright. By nature, I don't belong here, but through Christ who is in me, I also gain entry and I'm counted amongst the many. Yes, I was not born to this movement, but I was given to the movement and therefore, I thank Jesus that it was through him. that I became a celebrity by association. (laughs) I'm not a celebrity. I'm not a big thing. I'm not a big name. But it is through Jesus that he's got a magnifying glass over my life and everything is magnified and it looks big. But I am not the one that is big. It is through the lens in which they are looking. They see great through the lens that is before me. If he were to remove the lens, you will realize how small I am but through him i have divine birthright mm. through him i am a prince through him you are a princess yes. through him we are kings and queens yes. we have divine
1: birthright
0: yes. and i have what to have divine birthright the human spirit is placed in alignment with the spirit of the fear of the lord you. after you have been through so many things through all things, the only thing that you fear is nobody else but God. Yeah. You don't fear your boss. Yeah. You don't fear your husband or your wife. You don't fear your children. You don't fear your circumstances. You don't fear depression. You don't fear unemployment. You don't fear poverty. But the only thing that you fear is God. God. When the only thing that you fear in your life is God, that is when you have divine birthright and you say, I am dwelling in the house of the Lord, I only fear him because only him can kick me out. Nobody can kick me out of this house. That's the only one that I fear. I dwell in this house is his and I only fear him. Because he's the one that gave me in- entry, he's the one that gave me a permit, and therefore I, I, In this world, God is the only one that gave you entry into this world. And therefore you should only fear him. Don't, don't fear any other person or any circumstances around you. But you should only fear God, because he is the one that can take your life instantly, just like that. And therefore you should only fear God, because he gave you life and he can take it away from you. And we don't fear him so that he can give us things. We fear him because of the things that he has done. When I look back at what he has done when I was blind and he gave me an eyesight. And every time I like looking at beautiful things. I love beautiful things. And I'm Lord, Lord, why do I love looking at beautiful things so much? And he says, it's a reminder that I gave you eyesight. And whenever I go, I like going to places, looking at monuments and I love looking at beautiful things and uh, in appreciation of what God gave me. And I became, I become fearful and I'm like, Lord, that means I, sh- I-, I-, I couldn't have seen how beautiful my kids are. I shouldn't have seen how beautiful my wife is. Huh? Lord, that means I, I shouldn't have seen how-, how-, how beautiful I look when I'm wearing this suit. Lord, I am so scared. Mm -hmm. You see, when you have been through that experience Mm -hmm. and the Lord suddenly comes into your life and he makes you aware of the things that he has done for you, you become fearful. But the fear is not an ego fear. Mm -hmm. It's a spiritual fear. You say, I fear what you are able to do. When you are able to transform a boy from the village and bring him to the city and make him one of the rulers in the city, I fear what you are capable of doing. You are the boss. You are the boss. You can do exceedingly abundantly above that which we may ask or think. I am scared of who you are, but I'm not scared. And run away, but I, 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 I'm scared in our in appreciation in honor. And I feel good about fearing you. I'm not intimidated by you. I'm inspired. I'm encouraged. I love being in your presence yes. because my human spirit has been placed in alignment. Yes. I no longer operate in my human spirit, but I operate through the Holy Spirit. And when I have ego attachments, you see, there are times when we have so much of ego attachments. My car, my wife, my job, my, 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 my. You see, me, myself, and I. You know, when we have these ego attachments, Frankel says when man was a creature, he saw himself in the image of his creator, God. But ever since man has become an inventor, ever since man has become a psychologist, ever since man has become a medical doctor, ever since man has become a teacher, ever since man has become a president, he sees himself in the image of his inventions in the image of his profession, in the image of his money, in the image of his house, in the image of the things that he does for others. And he stops seeing himself in the image of God. And therefore we need to And see ourselves in the image of God and therefore when I'm attached by ego attachments you see he demonstrated for me on the cross when Christ said he became a perfect sacrifice he became a perfect sacrifice he said father into your hands I commit your spirit into your hands I commit my human spirit so that i can become the righteousness of god through christ and therefore i follow christ to the cross as well and i say father into your hands i commit my human spirit so that i can become the righteousness of god through christ when you commit your human spirit to christ then he commits his holy spirit to you When you stop attaching to the things around you and you start to connect to him directly, I can tell you with all of my heart that he will be able to bring back and return to you so many things that you have never done before. All you need to do is to say, I surrender, Lord. I surrender. I surrender. I surrender. I surrender. I surrender myself and all of my problems, my loved ones and my future into God's hands because I trust him. I I surrender. I surrender. I surrender. I surrender. I surrender. Lord, Father, into your spirit, into your hands, I commit my spirit. Father, into your hands, I commit my spirit. I surrender. I surrender. I surrender, Lord. It's no longer about my human spirit. It's no longer about my human efforts. But let your Holy Spirit come into my life and honor my steps. Let your Holy Spirit come into my life and be the one that controls my mind. Let my Holy Spirit come into my mind and be the one that helps me to see things in a symbolic way. That I should not see things with my naked eyes. But I should be able to see for myself how wonderful and how glorious and how great you are. Come into my mind. Come into my senses. So that I can be able to sense you. And see you in every situation. Come into my mind. I, Lord. I surrender my human spirit to you. Into my into your hands, Lord. I commit my spirit. When I commit my spirit into your hands, and freely I give it to you. Freely I will receive from you. And I will receive the Holy Spirit. I receive the Holy Spirit. Receive the Holy Spirit Spirit at this moment. Receive the presence of the Holy Spirit. I know He is already with you, but I pray that may He be in you in the greatest possible way. I say, receive the Holy Spirit, right? Now receive him, 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 receive the Holy Spirit. Spirit of the living word, of the living word, living word, Spirit of the 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 living word, we welcome you into our lives, we thank you that you are going to be in our lives. You are going to give us life. We thank you for giving us life, that when we walk out of this room, when we walk out of this place, when we walk out of this meeting, that there will be so much greatness in us. We thank you, Lord. We receive you. We receive your greatness. We receive your glory. You are a good God. You are a wonderful God. I thank you, Spirit of the Living God, for always being with us. In the name of Jesus in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit and we thank the seven divine promises upon our lives. I say we receive the seven divine promises upon our lives. We thank you, Lord, for the seven divine spiritual promises upon our lives. We thank you, Lord, for the seven divine promises upon our lives. We thank you, Lord, for the seven divine promises upon our lives. We We receive them, we receive them in the name of Jesus. Our steps are going to be ordered by the Spirit of the Lord. Our steps are going to be ordered. They are already ordered. At this moment As I'm speaking right now, your steps are already being ordered. As I'm speaking right now, the position that you have already already, uh, applied for is coming your way. As I'm speaking right now, everything that you wished for and aspired is coming your way. As I'm speaking right now, the illness that is in your body... The Spirit of the Lord is attending to it right now. The discouragement that you are experiencing at this moment, something is, right something is happening right now. I say, Something is happening right now. I say, Something is happening right now. I say, Something is happening. Something supernatural is happening right now. Something supernatural, something great, something wonderful, something that brings spiritual perfection is happening right now. We are being spiritually perfected. We are being spiritually perfected. Let us all stand. We are being spiritually perfected in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for the spiritual perfection that is in our midst. I thank you, Lord, because one can chase a thousand, but two can chase tens of thousands. We thank you for the spiritual perfection. We thank you, Lord, that we have been perfected, Father God. We thank you, Lord, for everything that you are doing in our lives in the mighty name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord, and this perfection that we have received these promises that have been fulfilled in Mm -hmm. our lives, we thank you, Lord, we will always keep them safe and we will not walk with any fear. We will not have any guilt. There won't be any shame. There won't be any pain. There won't be any lies and deception against us. We will not misinterpret things. We will not be attached to the things of this world. But all we are doing is to commend our spirits to you, Father God, because we receive the Holy Spirit. We have to come to the end of ourselves so that we can have the beginning of himself. Amen. Yes, I said we have to come to the end of ourselves yes. so that we can have the beginning of himself. Yes, when we say, Father, into your hands, I commit my spirit. Yes, you say, I have come to the end of myself Jesus. so that I can have the beginning yes. of himself. Yes, and i thank christ for demonstrating this for me yes, in psalm 23 and through the words that he spoke on the cross yes. and surely goodness and mercy shall follow us on the days of our lives yes. and even more important we shall dwell in the oh, yes. house of the lord forevermore in the name of jesus we thank you father god bless our children and give them wonderful dreams and wonderful hopes And help them, Father God, to become the head and not the tail. Above and not below. In the
1: name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Hallelujah.